Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today for the podcast, our topic was conversion rate optimization. So we dove into really what is conversion rate optimization, what you should be testing or on your website, how you can actually improve your conversion rates, and what tools and technologies you need to implement or you should try out uh, in order to improve your conversion rates. Taylor, so every single day, you know, we're looking at campaigns, we're strategizing how to drive more ROI, right? How to get more leads from the ad spend or whatever it might be. Or a lot of websites could just use conversion rate optimization because it just doesn't follow a lot of the best practices when it comes to generating more leads. Mm -hmm. And that's the topic that we're talking about today. And I want to make sure we give some practical advice on our belief and how we go about it and you know what are some areas people can test let's kind of you know give a broad i guess overview of conversion rate optimization cro we call it mm-hmm. and what can they benefit from it and let's you know dive deeper and give them some practical advice sure so from a high level like you said conversion rate optimization is optimizing your website or really anything, an ad, anything like that, a landing page, optimizing that for conversion, whatever that means to you. So there are some industry standards when it comes to website design and what a user would expect or anticipate, where the contact form is, you know, we say above the fold or something like that, or at least having a call to action above the fold, having a phone number and, you know, the top right of the website that's clickable, making sure that the actual form itself maybe doesn't have too many fields on it, and making sure that it's, you know, mobile optimized and everything looks good and forms function and are visible on all different types of devices. Again, multiple forms of conversion. So something that's maybe more top of the funnel, like a downloadable asset or an ebook, joining a newsletter subscription, all the way down to the contact page. Even the way that you look at the lettering or the words, I guess, if you will, the messaging on the contact page, what does that say? So those are like the very basics of conversion rate optimization of just getting it up to par, if you will, and and having that industry standard. And then I would put on top of that and say a more advanced level would be going through some rigorous testing, A-B testing, split testing, sending you know multiple versions of ads or multiple versions of traffic sources of traffic to the website testing it over time coming up with essentially a hypothesis of what do you think would happen do a, a test first you know the original see what works and then continue to iterate and test and and add on top of that so there's a lot of testing that goes into that and that's what we can dive into uh, in terms of what's past just the basics of okay I have a contact form I have a call to action above the fold or a form above the fold and I have a phone number at the top of my website, but I don't know if my website is converting at the rate that it should be. Right. And I think the biggest value of when you're thinking about getting you know, your website revisited for conversion rate optimization is, can I get more business from my existing traffic yeah. without having to put more money into ads, put more money into driving traffic? is really tweaking that one variable. A lot of websites don't need more traffic. Sure. Just have to figure out how do I convert more traffic. So it's not a matter of I need 10, 20, 100,000 dollars more in ad spend. It's more about can I squeeze more conversion and maybe looking at your current 
site-wide conversion or a landing page conversion rate mm-hmm. would be the first thing that I would say you need to do to say, hey, this is so low. Right. Why are people just coming and leaving and not converting? Yeah, like you said, there's no real silver bullet or there's no templated answer that you can say what the issue is or what the solution is because it may be the conversion rate. Like you said, hey, we have you know hundreds of thousands of visitors, but we have a 2% conversion rate. So increasing that to a 2.5% conversion rate or 3% or 5% is a huge increase in terms of the volume of leads. Now you have other smaller websites who don't get as much traffic and you know a 3% to a 5% maybe not as big of a deal. Or like you said, you may want to look at the traffic source where that's coming from, look at the quality of those leads, look at the messaging, and rather than just the placement and the colors of the forms and those sorts of things. That to me, that's not conversion rate optimization, right? It's not just looking at one singular thing and saying, okay, if we move the form from the left to the right, it's going to increase by 1%. We want to look at the whole process, where the traffic is coming from, how they got to this page, what they're looking at, you know, who are you and what do you do and why should I buy from you, right? Or why should I listen to whatever you have to offer? And what is the next step in my journey to become a customer or at least learn more information? So if you look through that whole thing and align your messaging, the placement of everything and continue to test, I would focus more on, yes, increasing the volume, but also increasing the quality. And sometimes that means lowering the volume. It's kind of counterintuitive, but you'd rather have someone who really understands what they're filling out and who they're reaching out to than just a high volume of leads. And when you're thinking about testing the website, I want to give some basic things that you should be testing if you're not testing anything at all, right? And I think, and and I can name a couple, the first one will be call to action. Mm -hmm. What are you asking them to do? And I think that's the one where everybody can debate over and just say, hey, is there a request to code? Is it free consultation? Is it X? Are we a fit? You know, there's a million way to do it and only data can tell you which one is the best one. Because mm-hmm. everybody's making emotional decisions on, oh, my clients just want to always do a free consultation. How do you know? Yep. Yeah. So that goes back to, again, understanding who your clients are, how they're getting to your website, look at your traffic sources, look at where you're driving traffic from, what is their user behavior and path through the website. Like you said, if that main goal is to get somebody to request a quote, request a consultation, contact us, whatever that form says. Does that align with who you believe your user is and who your buyer is? And is that what they want to do? Maybe they want to you know, speak with an engineer or schedule a strategy consultation or something like along those lines. Whatever makes sense for your persona that you're trying to target and your sales process and make it clear and simple, right? You don't want it to be confusing where they're not quite sure who they're reaching out to or what the reason they're filling out this form is. So like you said, I would start with that. Test you know, an option, something that you think is better and have a reason why you think it's better. And then, you know, like you said, you have to wait until the actual data tells the whole story. And I wouldn't just look at the volume of traffic. I would look at the number of submissions or conversions because there's a lot of reasons why your traffic might go up in a short amount of time. You want to look at, okay, were these 100 submissions happen at a faster rate or a better conversion rate than these 100 and then look at the quality of what's happening with those submissions based on what they believe they're filling out in terms of that information. So I wouldn't say, okay, I ran this for a day. My conversion rate went down by 5% or went up by 5%. It's the clear winner. Look at all the different variables, test as little as you can at a time, but have a large enough volume of data in terms of actual submissions rather than a period of time or a window of time. 
One of the things that um, I've, I've learned early on is from a guy named Avinash Kaushik, who talks a lot about analytics. If you really want to get deeper into mm-hmm. it, he talks about the concept of micro-conversion versus macro-conversion. Mm-hmm. Say micro-conversion is where they're subscribing to an email newsletter, clicking the play button to watch your video, the small things that you want them to do, while yeah. a macro-conversion is them filling out an entire mortgage application because that's the thing that everybody wants. That's the transaction that actually is some somebody putting an item in the shopping cart, taking the credit card out, paying it, and getting the thank you page. We always measure our websites by the macro and say, hey, well, I didn't get enough, right? right? I didn't get enough sales from my website. Something is wrong. Except we often forget that, hey, it's the micro things that lead to that macro conversion. Because you and I talk about how many times somebody needs to know your brand and visit your company before mm-hmm. they actually can purchase them from you. And I think why we a lot of websites, you see them having an ebook download if you're in the B2B, a checklist, you know, some kind of an asset is because not everybody is ready for that macro, which is that free consultation or whatever it is that you offer. Right. Yeah. And, and I think two things are going to happen there. One is the, the best companies, the companies that have it all, you know, I want to say figured out because you know maybe nobody right. has it figured out, but people who have it figured out more than others, they will, you can assign a value to that micro conversion, right? Because it's just a step in that funnel. So if you know, you know, whatever percentage of our email subscribers or of people who download an ebook end up becoming a customer and our average lifetime value of the customer is, you know, X percent. And actually, Clients who come in through this funnel start at the top and go all the way through the education, close at a higher percentage and stay as a client or repeat customer referrals, all those sorts of things, become brand advocates at a higher percentage because they've gone through this, right? So I think it's still a value there. It's just not an immediate value. So would I put a goal in my Google Analytics and say, okay, you know, this conversion is worth X number of dollars to me? No, but I would do the math on my own and say, what is a visitor to my website worth? What is a subscriber worth? And is it more valuable to have somebody come to my website and download an ebook than come to my website and go away? Right. And I don't know who that was, right? So mapping that out and understanding, kind of doing the math long-term. And by the way, obviously, the more the earlier they get in, the more you can educate them, they're going to convert at a much higher rate when they're actually ready. So right. it's not just... You know, we see it all the time, right? Somebody comes in, downloads an ebook, and they download another ebook, and the salespeople might reach out to them, never get a hold of them. They're getting emails, they're doing this, they're doing that. And they finally come back and they fill out the contact form and they become a customer within a couple of weeks because, or a couple of days because they already know and trust who you are. So every buyer is a little bit different, whether it's B2B, B2C, whatever that is. So I would look at, like you said, conversion optimization in multiple forms and say, what is a micro conversion? And what are the different micro conversions on the way to that ultimate macro conversion? One other thing that we need to make sure that everyone hears about is the A-B testing or the concept of A-B testing. Because we talk about it, we do it in mm-hmm. campaigns. And what is A-B testing? And you know what should you be testing, right? Yeah. Um, Once you understand the concept of A-B testing, you want to A-B test everything. Yeah, I think you should A-B <laughs> test everything. But yeah, it's easy to get carried away because digital marketing is is so immediate in terms of how quickly you can see a change and maybe even see a, a short-term result. So like you said, you want to test ad A versus ad B and ad A gets more clicks or more conversions in the first hour of it running 
And you're like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's try that. And you have a lot of ideas, but you do need to let it run its course to an extent. There's some changes. You can be agile. That's, again, the advantage of, of digital. But yeah, in general, A-B testing is you know exactly what it sounds like. Right? Here's option A, here's option B. Let's keep as many variables as we can the same, except for you know the call to action on this one and the call to action on this one. Could be the, if it's an ad, you could have, it could be the image, it could be the messaging, but keep everything else the same. Uh, you were just talking before the podcast here about a, a social ad that we were running. So maybe that would be a good example right. that so we could walk through. We were comparing, you know, a Facebook lead ad versus the exact same ad, but it goes to a landing page and trying to find the, obviously the lowest cost per lead in this case. And we know that the landing page adds a massive variable. Like what do they do on the landing page? Is the content speaking to them? Is the form too long? I mean, form is something we should talk about testing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what they do on the landing page, unless we're doing heat mapping and all those things, we can't really say. But we do know if we add a lead form, they're within Facebook natively and they don't have any other friction to submit their information. We, you know, just testing that is like the easiest test you can do send traffic to your website or just do a Facebook lead ad. Mm -hmm. That's an A-B testing because the only thing that's changing is where they go. Right. Yeah, and I think I would even test multiple versions of each, right, before I made a determination. I think, again, people are marketers, especially in this digital world. We, we want to jump to conclusions and prove that we were right or we were wrong or whatever. There are many variables within that. If we said, okay, a landing page performed better or a, a lead ad performed better, so take that lead ad and if it performed better, try to do another A-B test and see if you can improve that lead ad compared to another one. Or if it's a closer you know, race, if you had you know, 51% versus 50%, whatever, or versus 49%, then you look at the other landing page and maybe that needs to be improved too. There's probably a reason why it's not performing as well. So can you improve that? I mean, there's a lot that can be tested all the way down to you know the colors and the messaging and the actual button and the size of the form, those sorts of things. So looking at which of the variables provided the best result, let's say on the lead ad, why that why we think that's better. Well, it loads faster. Um, it's native within Facebook. They don't have to leave. There's less forms. There's less information for them to leave. So take those same principles and apply that to the actual landing page and then see if it still outperforms it. And then also look at the quality, right? Don't just look at the number and the cost. I would look at the quality to really determine which was better, right? So I think knowing what you're testing and what your anticipated outcome should be and what your goals are, and then run the test. And don't just look at the numbers and assume that because it's cheaper or it was faster, that it's better for the business in the long run. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms 
talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at 1IMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for today. And one thing I definitely want to talk about is having an organization that is open to testing. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the mindset is we know our business really well and we know exactly what my audience is talking about. Oh, I know exactly what the offer is. It's always 5%. It's been like that for 30 years. Well, our whole entire world has changed. Every day it's changing and our consumer behavior is changing. The traffic from mobile is very different from the traffic from desktop. And not taking that into consideration and testing it consistently, I think it's the biggest problem. Yeah. If you are having a mindset that everything can be tested and everything can be improved and all of the folks in the organization, especially in the marketing department, is willing and open to seeing data tell the story as opposed to our emotions, I think that's how you start getting some success, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, coming up with the offer could be whether do we want to do X or Y, investing into an event versus maybe an email marketing campaign and say, hey, we just did $10,000 in both. One year, a lot more ROI. We don't need to do the other campaign anymore because clearly, clearly, right, it's successful in this area. So, and of course, there's a brand building effort, a Mm -hmm. part of it, but I'm just saying in general, if you can be open to trying and testing things, it makes it very easy to have these sorts of conversations. Yeah. Internal buy-in, I think at every level of an organization is a challenge for most marketers. And it could be the, you know, the whoever's in charge of the marketing themselves, that is sort of that bottleneck or the reason that we're not investing, right? Because everything from, Hey, this is the first time we've ever done digital marketing and we're going to you know, test, let's say, spending money, on, <laughs> spending money on PPC or test spending money on Facebook, introducing that same person to the idea of rigorous conversion rate optimization program, where we're going to test this over a period of you know three months or six months or whatever that may be. And here's the five or six things we want to test. That seems like, again, for the novice sort of marketer, that seems like it's going to be a big waste of money, right? Because right. it's a lot of risk with not really understanding what's going to happen. And even at the larger, you know, more sophisticated marketers, they still would say the same thing because of the issue that you just mentioned where, hey, we already have it figured out. You know, we're, we're spending this, this is our return on, you know, investment or our return on ad spend. We're already driving hundreds of thousands of visitors or tens of thousands of visitors or millions of visitors to our website. It's converting at, you know, 3%. Yeah, converting it, changing that to 3.5 or 4% could really help us out. But what if we're wrong and it goes down to 1%, right? So just kind of weighing those odds, you kind of get a little complacent and it's almost like, you know, you you put everything away in the closet and then shut the door and just like, okay, I don't know how it all stayed in there, but I don't want to open the door and I don't want to be the next person to open it because it might mess everything up. But you have to be willing to, of course, have a system and a process in place, but you have to be willing to test and change and improve or someone else is going to do it that's not worried about failing and they're going to beat you. Right. Once we have that, right, you know, mm-hmm. internal buying, as you call it, start testing everything you possibly can. One thing I want to mention about the forums is a lot of marketers have this idea that you can ask 10, 20 fields 
on their contact page because you want to get all the information from that first contact. And mm-hmm. what happens is most people see the form and they bounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, this is too much work yeah. and I'm not going to do it. And I think what we ought to be thinking is how little information can I gather and we can fill in the rest. There's so many tools out there that can enhance the data. If you give it an email address, it can tell you who they are and their title and even their birthday probably, mm-hmm. right? So you have to use technology to ask as little information as possible back to this Facebook lead ad versus the landing page thing. How frictionless can we make it so that we can get as many people to fill out the form or purchase the product or download the ebook or anything else? And we've seen this drastically. Try adding the phone number field and see what happens to your conversion. (laughs) They're like, I'm not giving my phone number to this person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, something that we really believe in here is that, like you said, removing the friction, the the user always, you know, looks for that path of least resistance, right? So in the way that technology is going, I mean, you see, you sign up for a new software or something along those lines, you just log in with your social profiles or your Gmail profile that you're already logged into, right? Because you don't even want to create an account, right? You have that sort of single sign-on mentality. And I think that whatever you're selling product or service, whatever's the minimum amount of, if it's, like you said, in a contact form, for example, what's the minimum amount of information that you can then reach out to that person or put them in the right category, the right email automation, whatever that is. And that's probably where you should start. And then test going up from there because it's easier to test once you already have some conversions and you have traffic coming through rather than starting with, okay, well, in a perfect world, we would have all this information, which is 50 different fields and, you know, budget and timeline and need and authority and all these kind of things, position, upload, a, you know, your resume and example of your last five years of tax returns and all this kind of stuff, right? That's too much. Definitely going to lose some people, right? So start with the path of least resistance. And then test on, I wonder if we could get, you know, their budget, right? And add another field there, add another field here, or test additional ways to get that information, implementing technologies to enhance the data. We've built out using different, depending on what you're using for your form builder or your market automation system, you can build things like uh, smart forms that once they fill that out, it goes to a, a second form or, you know, a third form where they're adding more and more information, where if they don't go all the way through the process, at least you got that first step, which is their contact information. We've done autoresponders where they fill out the form and then we send them an e- email immediately after that asks for a little bit more information about their project or whatever they're looking for, uh, which, believe it or not, has very high conversion rates on people actually filling out the form in a multi-step process rather than on the first time because it doesn't seem as daunting. Uh, one tip I would say, if you do have a multi-step process within the website, I would clearly outline how many steps that is and how long it's so going to they take. Know where they are in the yeah. process. Or people are going to, okay, fill out this form, fill out this form. Then they see there's a third form. Forget it. Even though that might be the end, they might, they might be 90% right. of the way through. They have no idea, right? So if it's one, two, three, outline what that looks like. Get the minimum viable information in the first form. And then, you know, the perfect world in the last form. That's why a lot of e-commerce, they adopt a single page checkout. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to make it multi-page because yep. you know they're going to leave you. Yep. So we talked about what you should test. We talked about form testing, call to actions and landing pages and ads and such. You know, how do you know if you have the right conversion rate? Like what, right? You said mm. 3%. If I can get three and a half, what if they want 50%? Yeah, yeah it depends. When are you happy? 
Yeah, it depends on probably never. I mean, as as marketers, you should really never be happy. Um, Thanks. <laughs> every industry is a little bit different uh, in terms of what the conversion rate might be. I would say from websites in general, um, I would say the standard is is probably somewhere between two and top line would be maybe five percent or so. Which you know, you look at that and you say, okay, that means that in reality, ninety eight to ninety five percent of my website visitors are not going to convert. So what do you do about that, right? And that's where testing these different, you know, top of the funnel conversion, multiple conversion options, adding a live chat, maybe an exit intent pop-up to, you know, subscribe to a newsletter or claim some sort of an offer, download an asset. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do to just capture an additional half percent or additional percent, right? So looking at ways to drive incremental conversions and an incremental value, obviously you have to offer them something in exchange for their information. So I would start, you know, whatever your baseline is first, figure that out, start by adding multiple forms of conversions in whatever way you think is going to be valuable for that sales process, then get that baseline and then start testing each of those, right? If it is a pop-up form, okay, what, how are people behaving? How often are they filling out this form? What does the form messaging say? What is the offer? When is the form popping up? Is it on exit intent? Is it on scroll? If it's on scroll, how far down in the page are they scrolling? What is the article that they're reading? Maybe they haven't even got to the meat of it yet that they would trust you to fill out the information, right? Maybe you want to have that pop up after they've been reading it for 15 seconds instead of three seconds, right? So they're not bouncing. So looking at all the data that you can gather from whatever tools you have, and it doesn't have to be expensive, right? This can all be pretty much seen in your Google Analytics if you have it set up properly and then using those other tools and multiple options of conversions to start testing, improving the conversion rates, and then test each of those individual to improve the overall conversion rate of the website. Got it. A lot there going on. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah it's easy. Right. Um, one thing I want to talk about is, like I said, I think marketers, when they talk about CRO, they, I think we talked about the philosophy of it mm -hmm. <laughs> very much in depth practicality is tools and technology, right? You can, yeah. you know, so there's a lot of ways to do it. And I think we want to give some practical steps on what they can do, like sure. next steps, free perhaps. And then if you want to go start spending money. Sure. And, you know, we talked about Google Optimize. You want to talk about that a little bit and, mm -hmm. and what are some ways to do yeah, it? Yeah, so for most websites, Google Optimize, they have a couple of different options, but there's a free version that pretty much everyone can use. I think it's based on traffic or number of conversions and number of tests that you run at the same time. So Google Optimize would be one way where you could start running some A-B tests uh, once you had the ability to add these different multiple conversion points and forms and analyze your traffic and those sorts of things, this would maybe be that next step of, okay, I want to start doing an A-B test on my actual form or the location of you know my CTA or what the messaging says. I want to test things that are actually on my website rather than just testing, do I have a live chat or not have a live right. chat? It would be testing two different options of the same some, page. Exactly. So you so, have to give Google page A and page B and yep. it will serve A versus B Essentially, yep. and give you the information. Again, in Facebook ads and Google ads, there's stuff right out of the box to be putting at A and B and it'll serve equally and then you'll see the winner. Facebook makes it even easier to test two different versions. And another thing that we can do is if you want to go start spending money, you know, we use Unbounce for landing pages. Mm -hmm. You can easily create an A-B test two versions. Right. And I believe uh, they'll allow for like multivariant tests mm -hmm. as well. So you can test multiple things at once if you want to get a little more sophisticated. Correct. And that would be a, a pretty easy tool 
uh, to get hands on, and mm. it's really easy drag and drop. What about like uh, tracking user behavior? What I know we use a lot of different tools for heat mapping and mm-hmm. sort of tracking the mouse and the movements and where they get stuck. Again, this is kind of how you uncover if they're getting stuck on the form or if they're. If we have this magic button that we think everybody's clicking, but they're not clicking, is how you find out through sort of like heat mapping. So, Hot Jar is one tool that lets you do that. Crazy Egg is one that mm-hmm. lets you do that, depending on what feel is easier and works well for somebody. And Optimizely is the other tool that I wanted to mention as mm-hmm. well. It, depending on whether you're an enterprise site mm-hmm. and you have a lot of traffic that can scale up really well. Mm-hmm. Nice story there. They got a really nice user-friendly app that you can use if you want to do that. Again, I think understanding that a lot of this can be done without paying anything is the first step. Right. Yeah. I think there's like different fundamental things that you can do and test and, you know, strategic items that you would have on the website. And then the tools is just a framework for testing and implementing those different things. Right. So like you said, you can technically do all this on your own. You just have to do a really good job of tracking the data and making sure that you stay disciplined, that you have enough form fills that you make, you know, before you make a change or enough time has gone by. Whereas if you have a tool to you know, guide that framework, you don't have to be as creative with coming up with ideas because it's all kind of built in. So just a, le- a you know, whatever level you're at as a, an organization. And I think if you ask anybody, uh, open up a website and say, hey, what do you think this website can be? They're going to say their opinion. Oh, they should have this. They can have <laughs> right. that. And everybody's got an opinion. Everything is driven by, oh, I've, I've seen this. We should add that button. We should add this. And eventually you get a website that doesn't work and poorly converting. And it's probably doesn't have the best user experience because it's everybody's idea put into one. And, you know, a web design, website redesign can take years because nobody can come to agreement on what they actually want, right? That's right. the reality. Yeah, that's one of the tricky things when it comes to, you know, I look at websites all the time where it takes me a, a while to figure out what, exactly what they do, right? What the company does. Correct. And if that is the case, I don't even want to start talking about, you know, A-B testing, this and that. I mean, you need to look at your messaging and the imagery on your website. And is it clearly outlined? Again, what you do, why should I care about it? And right. what is the next step in the buyer's journey if I do care about it, if I am interested? And I think, you know, like you said, the path of least resistance even if it's just the reality that people aren't going to read the content on your website. If you drop someone, you know, spin them around in their office chair and pull up your website and say, okay, what does this company do? They should be able, they to, should be able to figure that out. So um, I, I think that goes back to some of those industry standards of, you know, kind of what that, you know, let's say hero image or what that main header on the, the homepage looks like, where the form is, where the phone number is, what the main navigation does. Does it have a about us page and a contact us page and those sorts of things? Not getting too crazy with the navigation or the layout because people won't know how to use it. They'll get frustrated and then they'll leave. And then the tools that you're talking about, you know, heat mapping and all that kind of stuff, it's not going to be as valuable because the only reason they're clicking on these, you know, crazy buttons is because those are the only ones available to you. So you can't say, well, this is the most important page on our website because it's the most trafficked. Well, is it located in the spot where they thought the contact us page was going to be based on their knowledge of how websites work? And one thing to do is really identifying that potential customers and working backwards. Mm -hmm. Who is our ideal customer or who are our types of customers that are coming here? You can have doctors, you can have, right? 
office managers, whoever come to your website and you have to make it very clear that click here if you're a doctor or if, you, if you're a franchise owner, <laughs> click here, making it then work backwards. What right. do they want to see? Like you said, when they get to that page and you can even do qualitative testing, ask mm-hmm. them, call them. Hey, is my website easy to use? Would you change anything about it? Or ask those that have converted. Was it hard to find the form that you know, that you filled out and they'll yeah. be honest and say, Hey, I think it's uh, yeah. kind of hard to use your website. Right. Yeah. And those are things that are, you know, you mentioned, Hey, it doesn't, ha- you don't have to buy that advanced tool. tools, technologies. I mean, <clears throat> go back to go to the sales department when the lead comes in or a customer comes in, you know, ask them what about our website made you fill out the form? What did you like about us? How did you find us? I mean, those right. are things that people ask all the time. They don't use that information actually inform their marketing decisions or optimize against it right so figuring that out and working backwards and removing any friction is the other part of actually improving that conversion rate and to never stop testing and don't let the emotions get in the way Mm -hmm. and that's in a nutshell uh, anything else you want to add to that no i think that's uh, that's a good way to wrap it up thank you so much and as always we would love to answer any questions you may have our email address again for our podcast is growth marketers at oneims.com send us a note and let us know how we can create different types of content that you might have questions about otherwise we'll see you on the next one 